I'm Damien Fowler. And I'm Elise Lifring. And welcome to this edition of The Current Podcast. The Current is your deep dive into the future of TV, media, and data-driven marketing, all explained in plain English. And this week, we sit down with Aaron North, the CMO of Mint Mobile, a direct-to-consumer mobile network that's built its brand by offering super-competitive prepaid wireless plans. It was recently ranked by US News & World Report as one of the best cell phone plans in America. Mint Mobile is a self-styled challenger brand. It doesn't have its own brick-and-mortar locations, nor does it employ salespeople. But what it does have is the movie star and entrepreneur Ryan Reynolds as its co-owner. Reynolds is also the face of the company, appearing in many of its witty off-the-cuff commercials. With Aaron North as lead marketer, Mint Mobile has thrived as the plucky upstart in the highly competitive telecom marketplace. North brings with him a wealth of experience, as well as some very entertaining anecdotes about his career to date. We start by asking him about what drew him to Mint Mobile. I remember very specifically the moment where sort of my eyes lit up. I was at Taco Bell at the time, and Taco Bell, the business was going great. And I get a call, and it's a headhunter. And I'm like, ah, you know, I'm not really interested. I've got this great gig. And she said, how would you like to build the marketing department for the fastest growing company in America? And I was like, oh, wow, talk about a great pitch. Like, that is the one-liner of all time. Like, uh, okay, you got me. Like, I am hooked. The bait is good. Tell me more. And the reality is Ultramobile, which is the founding brand, if you will, and the sister brand of Mint, was in fact the fastest growing private company in America in 2015. That product served a very unmet marketplace in the immigrant community. There weren't sort of like one-touch outbound dialing for international long distance for immigrants. It was a calling card business. And Ultra's special sauce was to put that in the device, the mobile device, and then sell phone plans with it built in. And then Ultra is so focused on value, they kept doing it and creating more value to the customer by lowering price. And that business took off like a rocket ship. So I got that call. I couldn't say no to that because that just sounds incredibly exciting to work for the fastest growing company in America. And it being private is obviously something that always sort of perks your ears when you hear growth like that. And I got here and through the interview process was never introduced to the concept of Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile actually came in after I had started, sort of on day one was my first exposure to it. So I didn't know brands had tried and failed numerous times to sell wireless direct to consumer. <laughs> I was very naive on that front, but I just saw it and I thought to myself, wow, what a neat opportunity to disrupt what really got me was the chance to do something I had never done before. So I built really high profile teams and dynamic teams that were excellent, but I had never built an entire division before. And that, that was what pulled me out of uh, Taco Bell. That's an amazing story. You know, you mentioned the concept of Mint Mobile. You're in California. So what's the sort of pitch? What's the concept of Mint Mobile? Right. So Mint really combines two things. So Mint combines the removal of retail, right? Which changes in essence your operating structure and your operating costs. So that is piece one is we're going to sell you wireless on the internet and then mail you service. Piece two is that we sell Mint in 
three, six, and 12 month increments. So you pre-purchase the allotment you need and then you repurchase as needed. We combined direct to consumer with Costco, if you will. And we created that approach in the marketplace. And that was really transformative. And that's really the pitch of Mint is we can offer you premium wireless for $15 a month because we are built as a completely different org. Our business is built much more efficiently than the marketplace because we don't own retail and we don't have stores and we don't have employees who are manning retail stores. And then will you buy in extended increments? So with Mint, you buy your first three months at the lowest possible price. And then we are not a bait and switch company. Mint, you can lock in that price of $15 a month. You do so by extending the term. So you buy your first three months, you get the price, and then you purchase an annual plan after that, and you can lock in that price for the next year, which at the time was a hurdle. Today, it's an absolute benefit because customers are faced with so much inflationary pressure. They're like, I love the idea of my price is set and fixed for the next 12 months. Uh, inflation. Moving on to your guys' marketing, obviously you play into that, but you guys are also very scrappy in how you go about creating your ads and often at very like quick speeds. How does that kind of scrappy marketing strategy, I guess, play into Mint Mobile's existence as like a challenger brand? It started out of necessity. That's the honest truth. We were small and to build a business like this from zero customers, you, you just start small. And when you're faced with bootstrapping, right, we may have had the fastest growing company in America, but this brand was unproven. And this distribution method was, I can't even say unproven. It was proven false previously by other people. So scrappiness is a necessity. And then fast forward three years when you add Ryan Reynolds to the equation and they're all about speed, like marketing and advertising at the speed of culture and staying on trend we had already sort of predisposed our brand to scrappiness and speed equals scrappiness. We work very functionally through SMS. You can't have formal reviews with agencies and agency partners and collect robust feedback from all parties and cross-functional input. And then by the time you get, the, the moment's gone. So we knew how to work fast. We knew how to work scrappy. You add the genius of that team and Ryan's team and maximum effort, it's not a happy accident that it worked this way, but it's sort of strategically we've been driven to this point. And now I think we're really seeing the benefits of it because we have a creative superpower with maximum effort and Ryan and George Dewey and the team over there. And we're able to execute scrappiness and high quality work at the same time. Yeah, definitely. And for listeners who don't know, movie star Ryan Reynolds owns mobile and maximum effort is his marketing agency and it all kind of plays together he obviously appears in a ton of your guys's ads but what has been like the fastest example of a time Mint mobile has created produced and shared an ad with the world we moved so fast i can't remember if it was this year or last year but dave foley from news radio is on twitter and dave foley simply tweeted wow, you know, at Van City Reynolds, I'd really like to be in one of these Mint Mobile commercials. I didn't know that tweet happened, but it did. I got a call from George Dewey and George called me and said, I'm on my way to set right now. 
we want to produce an ad with Dave Foley. And I was like, well, why? <laughs> He's like, well, this thing in Twitter just happened. And I'm like, oh, great. Well, when do you want to do it? And this thing. He's like, no, I'm literally on the way to the set where we're going to shoot him now. I was like, oh, okay. Well, um, what's the script? He goes, I'm writing it in the car as we're on our way. Like, I want to make sure you have a heads up so you can approve it right when we get there. I'm like, this is awesome. Here we go. He wrote the script on the way to set. I approved the script while he was still in the car. They shot it, edited it, and released it that day. So I don't know the exact start to finish, but I want to say it was under eight hours between tweet to finished ad. Wow, that is quick. That would definitely make some traditional brands just explode. <laughs> I mean, you're clearly having fun with it. I mean, one of the great characteristics of Mint Mobile ads, they're just so funny. I mean, they almost seem like they're improvised. Of course, it helps when you've got a, a movie star, comedic actor as part of that mix. I mean, we look for moments in culture and some are planned and some are unplanned. We actually have done this in the past too with Bobby Bonilla and Bobby Bonilla Day. So for your sport fans, for those who don't know, Bobby Bonilla wrote the best employment contract ever in the history of pro sports. The New York Mets needed to defer his salary. So what he did was turn his base salary into a 25-year annuity that he wasn't going to get paid. And then after he retired, he continued to get paid for the next 25 years. It happens every year at the same time. And every year there's like this comedic Twitter banter that happens around Bobby Bonilla Day. We're a no-contract brand. But we thought, how fun would it be to really like play a Bobby Bonilla Day? So Maximum Effort came up with this idea. They wanted to take advantage of Bobby Bonilla Day. And I said, ooh, well, what can we do to help with this? And we brainstormed and we created a 25-year wireless plan, which was a joke, right? It was a real plan, but it was a joke. So we created the plan. We created the infrastructure to make sure you could service the plan and the customer would get premium wireless. We actually discounted the price to $100 a year. So it was a $2,500 plan. That was also a stunt. And we were, I uh, will be honest, we were betting. So within the marketing team, we all had our bet on how many of these plans would sell. Nobody guessed over five. We sold 148 of these things. It was baffling to us that like people were this excited about 25 years of wireless. But the idea behind this is to take a moment that's happening and then make it uniquely mint. Come at it with a neat angle that makes it fun. That's sort of how some of these things happen is you do them not because of the transaction opportunity, but because of the brand opportunity. We were absolutely putting pennies in the brand bank I think with Bobby Bonilla, we just never expected 148 people to put $2,500 worth of pennies into the brand bank. It was just sort of a happy accident. That sly kind of witty, off-the-cuff kind of humor is so associated with Mint Mobile. What does it do for the brand? And, you know, I guess those things go viral. So how does that help? You know, if you look at all of our work, all of our work is really centered around some core brand tenets, one of them being value for the money. We did a spot with Ryan and the founder of Arizona Ice Tea. We called that spot the League of Anti-Inflationary Gentlemen because Arizona Ice Tea has not raised its price in 20 years. So super fun, super light, but always grounded in this idea of you're getting more for the same at Mint. You get great value for the dollar. And all of our videos are centered on that. 
I think that tells you a lot about how our brand operates and our brand is growing. And we have found that if we can establish ourselves as the value leader, the transactions will follow. It may not be the exact day after the launch, but when you get 3.5 million people watching that video in two or three days, you're obviously making an impact and you see it over time. We talk a lot about we want to build sales overnight, but the brand over time. And that's a really important balance. I think most marketers forget is that you can't always be cultivating the brand. You have to fertilize. You have to give it sunlight, water. You have to nurture your brand. So that way, when it is time to harvest and drive sales transactions, you have equity to harvest off of. I think a lot of people are too focused on just the mid and low funnel component of what you're trying to do. I mean, it's also quite difficult to forget such spots when they're that funny too. Do you have a specific audience that you're targeting with these ads? America. America. <laughs> Good. The reality is, is if you look at wireless services, it's everybody sort of say over the age 14. When we launched the brand as a direct-to-consumer brand, I had a lot of pressure to clearly identify who the target was. Now, we have a creative muse right? We have something we are talking to, but we don't segment like that. We have built a brand based on performance. So we actually have two giant audience. One, and these are Experian terms, not mine, is called the power elite, right? These are households with 250,000 household income plus, very affluent, highly educated. That's a massive segment for us. We call them the Costco crowd. These are people who understand unit economics, have disposable income, get the idea that like wireless doesn't expire over time. It's colorless, odorless, tasteless. It just sort of works. They purchase us because of the exceptional value. We also have customers who value as a necessity. That's a big group for us as well. But I don't target messaging based on that. I create messaging that elevates Mint as a brand, premium wireless for $15 a month. That message resonates broadly across America because once you sort of get your head past the idea of what's wrong with it, because that is the number one piece of rejection we see, which is how can it be any good when it's that cheap? Once people try it or talk to someone who has it, they get really frustrated that they didn't make the switch sooner. I mean, you could see it in Twitter, you see it in Reddit, you could see it in a lot of our comms, which is a major point of frustration with the brand is that they didn't find it sooner. So I'm not gonna create messaging to go after market segments. I'm creating messaging that appeals broadly to America and that broad message is, hey, there isn't much difference between us and everybody else. We have premium wireless, we just have a smarter, way to deliver it to you, which removes retail and stores and all that overhead so we can bring you this amazing cost. Well, I can see why, because also a lot of the competitors in the space are much more expensive. It is a difficult one for startups to break through because there's really only three major big wireless carriers in the U.S. Recently, Carrie Marshall was on the show, CMO at T-Mobile, and she describes the competition with carriers as almost like a Game of Thrones type battle. How does Mint Mobile see it? I'm not a Game of Thrones viewer, uh, apologize, but I'm assuming the reference is very highly competitive, do anything you can to win. We compete there. 
that is our marketplace as well. So it is a very tough market to compete in. You have got very compelling messaging from the biggest players in the marketplace. It is hard to compete with a free $1,000 or $1,200 device. So we choose not to compete there, to be quite frank. Mint and the promise of Mint Mobile and the position of Mint Mobile is very much what we call a BYOD. So bring your own device brand. We do sell phones. We do sell bundles like everybody else, but that's not our primary business. If everybody is over here making a circle in the air to the right, Mint is going to operate over here in this circle on the left. I can't compete and win on the same proposition as the carriers. I just can't. So I choose not to. What we're going to go out and do is tell you, hey, you own that phone. Keep your phone number and switch and ditch that $90 a month Verizon service and come to Mint and see $15 a month price points. Now, I'll be very transparent as well because I don't want to lead anybody astray. That $15 price point is our entry product. We don't sell just unlimited plans. We allow customers to choose their data allotment. Our unlimited plan is only 30 bucks a month. We're finding that that message is resonating. The fact that you can get what I would call better service with us than you could in Verizon at one third the cost, or if you don't even need unlimited, we actually tell you you don't need it after we see your first three months of usage. We'll trade you out and trade you down. This is like behavior that is categorically crazy. You see that on Twitter. People go, what kind of a company does this? Who sends you an email that says pay us less? We do. Because one of our brand tenants is customer first. And if I can quote Ryan, he has the best way. He said it the best way I've ever heard, which is at Mint Mobile, we don't hate you. And I just think that's such beautiful shorthand for what we're trying to do here as a brand and as a business, because I know if I'm a customer and I'm overpaying for something and my the person I'm overpaying says, hey, let me do you a solid. Let me show you a way how to save some money here. Well, you've just created a lifelong relationship with me. I'm a big fan of that. And I think that is part of the reason why we have such high loyalty, aka low churn out of our brand. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like you've got a very loyal following. You're almost like, you know, a kind of don't want to go too far, but say like a collective, you know, you're part of the Mint Mobile Collective or something like that. We really embrace that community in a big way. And we embrace them not only by doing the right thing, but listening to them and taking the input. And you can look at Mint's Reddit page or subreddit. We're active a lot. And a lot of the demands of the Reddit channel drive the innovation, the decisioning, the things we were doing, particularly early. I've got a live focus group and I can have immediate interaction with them on screens by typing and posting and getting immediate feedback from them. So we have created what I call the cult of the brand. And we do have people who are mint fanatics. It's great. We sell swag, okay? We bring a store, a swag store to life a few times a year. Well, the crazy thing is, is we launched the store and we sell out like we sell out of all the swag we've bought. So it got so bad that like we were selling out in hours. I'm not saying we put up 10 shirts. We're buying thousands and thousands of shirts. I finally told my team 10x whatever you think we need 10x it. We still sold out. 
I love I love that. That's that's amazing. And I just think you've made, you know, you've made mobile cool and that's a tough thing to do, I imagine. Thank you. I, I it's still sort of as a head scratcher that wireless is cool. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, on that point, you know, as a sort of scrappy DTC brand and you know, I love that BYOD brand idea as well. How much does digital marketing play into Mint's strategy? You mentioned Reddit, but what other channels are you kind of where are you at? Digital is my meat, potatoes, my bread, butter, my wash it down with a big glass of milk. It's everything. Uh, with the exception, we haven't made the leap yet to the metaverse. I'm still not quite there yet, but you will see Mint Mobile on TV. You will. You will hear Mint Mobile in podcast. And quite frankly, a lot of my product innovation and business innovation comes in the digital ecosystem as well. Mint is the first independent MVNO to launch eSIM. And everybody knows about eSIM because the iPhone 14 launch that just happened. Well, surprise, we've had eSIM for two years. We launched it in November of 2020 before it was like a thing that people were like, what is this? So for us, digital is everything. Our digital innovation is there. Our digital spend is there. We love the digital ecosystem. Now, with Ryan Reynolds being the star of many of Mint Mobile's commercials, as we mentioned before, are there any, like, fun behind-the-scenes stories you can share there? Like, what's the dynamic between you two? First off, you often see many, many celebrity owners, and you think, what are they doing? Is it their name and their image, and that is it? Ryan's a business owner. He's not phoning this in. Ryan is involved in the business of Mint Mobile. Now, is he in like status meetings? <laughs> no, right? That's not the best use of his time. The dynamic is really our leadership team and his leadership team with him at the helm and George Dewey. And we work through strategic planning, critical growth initiatives, the marketing calendar, the media budget. And those are things that have a direct impact on what he's doing and what we're doing to grow the brand. We're a media-driven brand. That's the business side of it. The creative side, I think, is where you were headed. He's so, so smart. And George Dewey and him have a dynamic that I think where I do my best work is not getting in their way. And this is a real thing for marketers. I know so many folks who feel like it's just critical that they put their thumbprint on that piece of creative before it goes out. What they're really doing is rounding the edges. You have tasked your creative department with an assignment. What you get back, if it solves the assignment, don't put your name on it, you're ruining it. Like leave it pure. I'll give you a perfect example. And it was our first big campaign with Ryan. They presented sort of this idea of Ryan and real customers and we were executing this and they said, look, we also wanna do Ryan and Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis, that's interesting. Do you mind if I ask why? Because Rick hasn't done anything in 20, 25 years. And are we sure this is right? Because you would tend to think Mint's creative muse is a bit younger. And I had one of those moments where I'm like, gosh, do I really want to go out with this? And then I looked at myself and I'm like, do you really want to be the person who says no to these creative geniuses? I just said, I'm in. If you're in, I'm in. If you think it's going to work, I'm fully confident it's going to work. Let's do it. And that decision was questioned on my side. My own team is questioning that decision of mine. I'm like, look, there's instinct here. You've got to let play out. Let's see what happens. And we did it. 
and that thing went nuts. Everybody was excited to see Rick making a comeback. It was awesome. And I'm so happy that I use that case study all the time for my own teams. I love that story. So the moral of the story, I guess, is be prepared to take a chance. I love risk. I, I use failure as a synonym for risk. And what I tell people is, hey, failure's okay here. We fail fast, we fail smart, we fail cheap, and we fail forward. The reality with creative and marketing is if you can create an ecosystem where it's safe to fail and people aren't worried, whoo, the creativity just, it oozes, right? People are not scared to come up with a crazy ass idea. And then you look at it and you're like, you know what? This is so crazy. It might just work. Let's get it out there and see what happens. And we do that all the time. We're failing constantly, but most people never see these failures. But what they do see is the wins. And when we see something hit and it's a win, I cannot put enough money behind it as fast as I can. And that's sort of like one of our secret sauces is that we have an ecosystem where people can be creative. There's a warm blanket of risk they can wrap themselves in and not feel like they're gonna get hurt or punished or you're gonna get a crummy review or something like that. That's okay. This is part of marketing. That's awesome. You know, a warm blanket of risk. I think that's one of my favorite phrases of the year so far. And, you know, now one final question for you, because now that we are in 2023, what is your major prediction for this year? This is not my prediction, but my hope is that creative problem solving continues. You know, there's a lot going on. I know everybody is always tasked with growth as a major piece of their job, particularly in D2C space. And I know accountabilities for marketers is at an all-time high. But I think what you're going to see in 2023 is a real need for people to operate better with less. And if you can do that, you should get more. We invested heavily in the pandemic, right? We did not retreat spend. We were cautious at first because we didn't know what the marketplace dynamic was. But once we understood and saw you know, the facts and the numbers and the analysis that our business was still very, very healthy, we doubled down. We grew like crazy because we weren't afraid to invest. And I think that creative problem solving is really combined with accountability can help marketers grow in what they're doing. And I hope that people are doing that next year because quite frankly, it makes it more fun when you've got high accountability and creativity at the same time. That's it for The Current. Stay tuned because next time we'll have Katie Williams, the U.S. CMO of Halion, a new consumer healthcare company born of GSK. We are focused on delivering everyday health with humanity. Our primary focus is making healthcare more inclusive, making healthcare more achievable, and making healthcare more sustainable. The Current is a production of Wonder Media Network. Our theme is by Loving Caliber. The Trade Desk team includes Cassie Crosby, Ivan Sikic, and Kat Vesey. And remember... Failure's okay here. We fail fast, we fail smart, we fail cheap, and we fail forward. I'm Elise. And I'm Damien. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>